Welcome to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina. I'm so excited to be here with Bree Sanford today. She's the founder of The Racks Creative which is an online business manager VA company. Brie, thank you for coming. You can explain it better than I can, I'm sure. (laughs) Yes. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, So yes, I am an OBM, which is an online business manager. And I uh, started as a VA virtual assistant. Um, I offer virtual assistant services, online business management services. And most recently, I'm actually starting to teach people how to work online with my VA course. Does that help? (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, it's a little bit of like everything that we all need, right? (laughs) Um, So we I always like to start by just having you take us through like what that journey has been like for you, why you decided to start the business and what it's been like to build it to what it is today. Absolutely. So um, this started for me about four and a half years ago. Um, I was working in my nine to five and I had just had a little one. He was around one. So I was working my nine to five. I was enjoying it. It was going well. And then after having the baby, you know, sick days come in. Little ones can't always go to daycare. He was very, very tiny at that point. And it got to a point where he had gotten sick a couple times. And during the fall, the last time that he got sick, I told my boss, I said, you know, I need to have another day off. My child's sick. I have to pick him up. And my boss literally looked at me and was like, are you serious? You have to take another day off. And I was like, I mean... I'm his mom. So yeah, (laughs) I have to go home and take care of him. And it just got to the point where I was legitimately having to fight for days off when my child was sick or when they were out of school. Cause you know, kids are out of school pretty often Yeah, and it became miserable. You know, commuting to work was becoming an issue. I'd have to leave my little one. He would cry when I drop him off. And Mm -hmm. I finally just was like, you know what? This isn't worth it. Me working a nine to five is actually just paying for his daycare right now. Like this is not the dream job that I want. This is not the lifestyle I want. And I want to be here for my little one when he has days off. I mean, I'm very, very thankful that right now during this time, like that I've actually gone into this profession because I would have had no other choice um, but to do this. So four and a half years ago, I decided I'm not going to work here anymore. I'm not going to do this nine to five. I need to figure out how to work from home. I took a VA course to learn how to start. And honestly, after that, the rest is history. I have been enjoying working from home. I've been enjoying creating my own lifestyle, my own income, and honestly, just having full control of what I do every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's funny, like, I think, I mean, well, so we're recording this kind of, I don't know, still technically during COVID. I don't know if if we say we're towards the end of like (laughs) shutdowns, at least where we, where I am, things are starting to open back up, but probably, but hopefully by the time this airs, we'll be like, oh, what a distant memory. But I think it's like, it's been really interesting lately because people are, you know, people are always like, oh, it's, don't you want to have like a more secure nine to five and like, you have all that job security <laughs> and this and that. And like, now I would say we're seeing that that's not exactly true. Like so many people are late. Everyone's like, Oh wow. Like people who have their own business and have, you know, control over their own business and income and life are really the only ones who are still going strong. Now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a nine to five, it was a lot less secure than you thought. And then, than those of us who have kind of had their own business the whole time. So yeah, that's been an interesting thing. And yeah, I think it's, I think we all feel so lucky, right? That we can work from home right now and keep things going. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I've never, I've never understood the statement of why don't you go get a secure job? And I'm like, nothing secure, but thanks. I totally agree. Yeah. So, so that's great. So you've been doing it. So first of all, is your son like now five or six? It sounds like. Um, okay. So when I first started, he had, wasn't even one yet. He was, um, probably about four or five months old when I first started. And that's why, like, of course, a very, very tiny baby needs their mama, <laughs> like no, no kidding, but no, um, he's actually going to be four in August. Oh, okay. Okay. Mine's I have a five year old. So that's the reason I was asking. It sounded yeah. like similar in age. Oh uh, yeah. It's the best. It's a good age. I think. Yeah. So in terms of, I mean, obviously being like a business owner and a mama and managing a lot of other people's businesses by, you know, just by virtue of what your business is, which I want to delve into a bit more obviously in a minute, but like, what does a successful day look like for you? What does, what does your day of work look like? Or, you know, just, I know this is kind of a hard question as a mom, because when people ask me this, I'm like, Oh my God, I I have no idea what my morning is going to look like. (laughs) Depends on how my son is feeling that day and what he's going to allow me to do. You know, I'm like, Oh, I'll wake up early and like have my coffee quietly and read for a little bit and just meditate on my day. And then of course, like that's the day he wakes up earlier than ever. And as soon as I start, but anyway, I digress. What what does a successful day look like for you? Yeah, it varies every single day. Honestly, Um, what's really good is that the systems that I use within my business for my clients and for myself allow me to look at what my day is going to look like beforehand. So usually the night before, I just kind of look in my systems, I check and make sure that I don't have anything that's too pressing. And then I kind of just, you know, take my day in waves. So if I get up, you know, way before my little one does, then I'll take my first wave of work, I'll cross a few things off my list. And then once he's up, it's breakfast time, of course, and a little bit of playtime and some mommy time. Once we finish that, I'll go into my second wave of work He'll play for a little bit. Once he gets a little fussy, then we eat and we, you know, relax. Every now and then I'll work out. I'll try every day, but <laughs> let's be honest. It's not every day, but I try. <laughs> and then, you know, usually around that lunchtime, if he goes down for a nap, then I go into my third wave. So at this point, since we're in, you know, this COVID life and being at home with our kids, it just, I take it in waves, but the greatest part about what I do and how I organize it is that I'm able to take it in waves. So Mm -hmm. by the end of the day, I know that I'll get it done. I just have to kind of find those moments because he'll quiet down every couple hours for me to get a little bit done. So I take it in waves. I talk to my clients throughout the day. I talk to people like you throughout the day, which is nice. Honestly, it's, it's the best choice I've ever made. I enjoy it. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's awesome. I think um, one thing I think of when I think of like, VAs and people who kind of have to manage other people's businesses for a living. I'm like, you must be so organized. (laughs) (laughs) It just seems like a lot to be on top of, but like, just because we're, I know what it's like working with different clients. Like I, my business is client based too, and everything's like different for everybody. So you have to stay on top of so much, but also like specifically for a, a VA or an online business manager, it seems like people are expecting you to help them stay organized and like organize their day. So it's absolutely. Like absolutely. <laughs> Someone's like, Oh, you'll probably have some good tips. Oh yeah. So the best tip that I've ever received is using a system called ClickUp. And you know, you and I have kind of talked about it a little bit, but mm-hmm. the fact that I'm able to organize my day so much that I can take it in waves, like that's a whole nother level of organization. So I'm at the point and I get people to the point where we're so organized. We're a day, a week, a month ahead of where we need to be. So 
were able to take those waves instead of being like, oh my God, the deadline's today. Oh, really? There's a deadline today? I did that last month. It's done. Great. Wow. Like <laughs> that's where we get to. And it's, it's so nice because when we decide to do big launches or something new's coming up or promo or whatever, we're able to actually give it our full attention because we've already done our, you know, things that we had to do our necessities. So yeah, it, it definitely takes the guesswork out and it takes the stress out having a VA or an OBM. It's just, you see your day in front of you and you kind of do it and you get it done and you move on. Yeah. So I guess that kind of leads into like some of the other things I was going to ask you about, which was like, so for somebody who maybe has never had, well, any kind of assistant before, or really even any kind of help in their business. Cause I feel like hiring a VA is often like one of the first hires people make, especially for like uh, more like of the online business type of people. I could be wrong, but that's what I feel like. You're right on target. Okay. So we're like, it can be, that can be tricky. It's just like knowing what to have somebody help you with knowing the best ways to really utilize that help. Like, are there any kind of tips or things that you usually would talk through with somebody who's thinking about hiring their first VA in terms of how to make sure they're best utilizing it and, and like how to even get started, I guess, like maybe there are certain tasks that are good to start with anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. So when we think about outsourcing and hiring, VA is definitely the first place that, you know, probably 99% of people start with because it's the easiest place to start. So I always ask people that are considering hiring a VA, what is the task that causes you the most pain? And they're like, nothing causes me pain. It's my work. And I'm like, no, really though, what task takes you twice as long to do because you just really don't want to do it. It doesn't inspire you. It doesn't excite you. Like, what is that task? So once we establish what that task is, then I'm like, okay, that's your pain point. And that's what your VA is going to eliminate. So you always want to start with what pains you the most, because in all honesty, that's the task that you definitely don't need to do anyway, because Mm -hmm. you're not going to do it with any passion. You're not going to do it with any umph behind it. It's just going to be, you know, a regular task that you don't want to do. So it's not going to be done to its best potential. So we start there with your pain point. So after we start out with the pain point, whether it's, you know, posting to your social media account or writing content or, you know, answering your emails, then we figure out what VA you need because they're, the general term is VA, virtual administrative consultant or virtual administrative assistant. But when you look at VA, there are so many different pieces to it. There are graphic designers, content writers, um, project managers. I mean, the list goes on and on. So we'll first start with your pain point. After we establish what your pain point is, then we can start to see what type of VA that you want. Hmm. Um, and then the process after that is finding who, I, uh, who it is. <laughs> so there are many different ways to find VAs. There are millions of us. And I'd be more than happy to share those resources with you of where you can find a VA. But then after you look and you find your VA, then you start to shop. And that's the fun part. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So wait, are you saying like you'll talk with people sometimes just to kind of help them figure that stuff out and then, and you're not necessarily the VA they'll work with. Like you can, you can just kind of help them almost kind of consult on what that would look like. And then they can hire somebody else essentially, if that makes more sense. Yeah. If that makes more sense. Absolutely. Because the goal is at the end of the day is to help the client. So even if that person's not, you know, necessarily booking their service with me, we'll just hop on a coaching call for an hour or 30 minutes just to kind of hash out whatever's going on in their brain. Because sometimes, honestly, you just need the sounding board, but you need the sounding board who knows what you're actually talking about. So yeah, yeah, every now and then I will do those one-on-ones where I'm just like, look, let's just hop on a call. Let's hash it out. And we kind of strategize and figure out what the next step is. But for VAs, 100% it's going to work on pain point first. 
Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it kind of like, that's almost like the gateway, right? Because even if you're like, like for me, I'm, it sounds so stupid, but I think my pain point is like those last couple of emails in the bottom of the inbox. And I know I mentioned this to you at the beginning, but like, there's no reason that I'm not even replying to them, but it's like, if it's not client or like immediate, a client need or like something I'm working on for clients or like an immediate response necessary, I sometimes like just keep leaving it in the inbox because, you know, it's always like, I'm always working until the last second that I have available. And there's always like, you know, it's not like I'm ever sitting there like, well, I have 10 more minutes. Like, what should I get done? Let me go through these emails that are not. (laughs) (laughs) So they they keep getting pushed off and pushed off and I never just like deal with them. And I'm like, that seems like such a silly thing to like, hire someone to do. And like, honestly, it'll take 10 minutes if I just did it or if someone did it. But as you said, like, it's like getting someone in to do that would just make me feel so much lighter mm-hmm. and feel like I just don't have that hanging over my head. And then I'm sure that like, once you get used to having someone do something like that, even if it literally does take 10 minutes, it's probably a lot easier to then like have them take on more things and like figure out what other little things like that are useful and helpful and going to just make your day go smoother. Mm -hmm. So it's so funny that you mentioned that just making your day go smoother and you're like, it's only 10 minutes of my time. But when you add that up, if it's 10 minutes a day of your time, so 10 times five, let's say you work five days a week and let's multiply that. How much time is that actually going to take you out of your entire month that you could just outsource to someone else? So when you start to think about, oh, this task would only take me a few minutes, you are absolutely correct. But you need to think about bigger picture and group it into a month of time and figure out how much time that actually would take you. Because I actually, I just started with a client of mine who had, you know, she was like, this is just going to take you a couple minutes. And it actually, over the course of a month, took me 15 hours. Wow. Yeah. And when I presented her, I said, look, this is what I did for you. And in fact, towards the end, I was like, hey, you may want to look at some of these tasks because they're actually going to take a lot longer than you think. So we kind of calibrated from there. But when she looked at it, I said, you just got 15 hours back in your entire month. She has two kids. She just moved. I said, you got 15 hours back this month. How did that feel? And she was like, wow. I was like, yeah, you just got all that time back. So it seems so small, like 10 minutes a day. But when you really start looking into it, and when you really look at the bigger picture, I mean, how much time could that VA actually save you? And that's more time you can either spend, you know, with your family or on your business. What if you could reallocate those hours into networking and finding more clients or, you know, doing the project that you said you were going to do two years ago? Like (laughs) it ends up adding up. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. Like, even if I just had, you know, things that I can do for my clients in 10 minutes a day can actually sometimes have a huge impact. So if you Mm -hmm. think about it that way, like, yeah, that's, it's like a no brainer because I can do something for a client that's going to result in like great results for them. And yeah, and that's, that's huge. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. What about, do you ever have people who are like, well, I know I need you to do this, but I'm not comfortable having somebody in my inbox or like, like seeing like when <laughs> with sensitive information, like sometimes things have to do with like passwords or even financials, I imagine. Is that a thing? Is that, I feel like yeah, no, it is, it is totally a thing. And what's really great. Um, and this is what I advise for anyone who's looking to hire a VA or an OBM or outsource. What's really amazing about hiring an actual professional, which is a person who is going to invoice you, a person who's going to send you a contract is that if they are sending you a legal contract, right, you're legally bound, then that person is going to most likely have a confidential uh, confidentiality clause somewhere within their contract or an NDA right? Mm -hmm. 
So when you're looking to hire these professionals, number one, make sure that something like that is in your contract, because if you're bringing someone in to work on anything within your business, you are going to have to expect that you're going to have to give some confidential information out. Right. They can't, you know, they can't go and do engagement on your Facebook as you without having your login. They can't pay an invoice for a client if they don't have access to where the money's coming from. So when you start thinking about the type of VA that you want, definitely consider what areas of your business they're going to have to be um, accessed to, because that's going to be, you know, a necessity. And honestly, if you had a brick and mortar, it would be the same thing. You have an office manager. She knows where your accountant and your books are, and she knows where your credit card is too, so that things can get paid for. So it's a little scarier because it's online, but that's why you need to vet your potential, um, uh, sorry, VAs, vet them, check with other people who have worked with them before, and then 100% get a really good contract with them that does involve NDAs and also confidentialities. Yeah. I mean, I guess it just comes down to making sure you hire someone you trust. And if you oh, trust them, absolutely, then it won't be that big of a deal. <laughs> absolutely. Um, testimonials from previous clients is what I always ask for. A lot of times VAs will present you with like a portfolio or bring information forward, but I want to know who you've worked with and I want to talk to them. I want to see what, (laughs) I mean, if I'm being honest, I'm going to hire you, you're going to be in my business and I really want to know who you are. So I always suggest looking at their previous clients, asking for referrals that way and then contacting them. Oh yeah. Okay. So you really do do that. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) That's definitely good to keep in mind. And I feel like we kind of went like kind of um, touched on this a couple of times, but so what would really do you think is the difference between a VA and an OBM? Like for, especially for somebody who maybe has never heard the terms or maybe I feel like more people are more familiar with a VA and the concept of that than an OBM. So can you kind of take us through what the difference is and like maybe how to know which one to be hiring or like the different things that would come with each? Absolutely. So I always explain VA and OBM is like having an employee versus a manager. So your VA, like an employee is the person who's going to actually do whatever you're asking. So if it's social media posting, they're going to be the ones who are in your systems posting what you're telling them to post. Your OBM is the manager. So your OBM is not only going to manage the people that are on your team, they're going to make sure that everyone's doing what they're supposed to do. Everything's being done on time and to your satisfaction. They're also going to make sure that you as a business owner and your entire business is running the way it's supposed to run. Every now and then an OBM can step in and do some VA-like tasks, whether it's answering emails, because sometimes you want someone a little bit higher up to do that. So they can do those types of things, but your OBM will be your overall thinker. That'll be the person that keeps everyone together, that makes sure that your goals are happening at the right time, that you're hitting your milestones. Your VA is the person who's taking care of the physical work. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I can see, I mean, I can see why you would need both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Someone to kind of set it all up and or keep it organized and then also somebody to do more of the implementation. Absolutely. So what do you think? Are there, I mean, if maybe we've already kind of gone over all this, but are, are there just anything you think people should keep in mind? Like when they're to, just to get the most out of the relationship as they start, or even if they've had somebody for a while, but aren't really sure if, I don't know you know, maybe they have somebody checking emails right now, but there's like, they think there's more they could be doing. Like, do you have any tips on like, just how to make sure you're getting the most out of the relationship, making sure you're really like 
yeah, I mean, I guess that's the whole question. <laughs> um, so with any, um, any client relationships, whether it's client to the person who's hiring or vice versa, client to contractor, you always want to keep an open line of communication. So with all the clients that I have every single week, number one, I have a meeting with them, whether it's, you know, 15 minutes or an hour, because we need to build a relationship working together. So as an OBM, I have a meeting and honestly, as a VA, I do it too, just because it helps. But we have a meeting every single week where we go over what we want to accomplish for the week coming. We go over things that, you know, pitfalls, successes, wins, and we just have a conversation because without actually having a conversation, and I do this via Zoom because we're virtual, so my clients are all over the world, Mm -hmm. but without establishing a relationship, the working environment between the two of you can become very tumultuous because we're communicating on our computers. We're not communicating face-to-face. We're not in person. So number one thing I always suggest is to have a weekly meeting with the person that you've hired. And again, it doesn't have to be long, but a weekly meeting does help you to clear the air of whatever's happened via text, because that can get very um, interesting when you're requesting tasks and when people are, you know, maybe feel threatened because they haven't done the task properly or they feel, you know, like they're not doing their job. So having that weekly meeting kind of gets rid of that. The other thing that I suggest is 30, 60, and 90 day reviews. And some people think it's a lot, but doing a 30, 60, and 90 day review, number one, allows me as the contractor to tell you what I'm satisfied with or what I'm having issues with or what I'm not getting from you that I need to complete my job. Mm -hmm. Um, It also communicates my satisfaction with what I'm doing for you because sometimes, let's be honest, the VA is not happy doing the tasks they're doing. So Mm -hmm. as a business owner, you need to know that because if they're not, then it's not going to get done the way you want and you're going to have an issue with your relationship. So the 30, 60, 90 day review as the person who's hired, I fill one out as the owner of the company who hired you fill one out too, because Mm -hmm. I want to know what you think of me, what Mm -hmm. you think of my work, what you think of how I'm completing things, if I'm turning them in on time or whatever it is. So that's like our, our first like baby steps to getting to know each other. Are we doing what we need to do? Is everybody happy? No. Okay. How do we fix it? Mm-hmm. So after those 90 days, every six months, we do the same thing. We have a review because things change within your business. But those first 90 days is when you have the most change, the most shock to system and the most, I, I would say, like figuring out the groove, figuring out the organization of things going on. So if you can survive those 90 days, you can have a VA or an OBM for life. It's just figuring out how you need to communicate with each other and where you disappoint and where you impress. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. I like, I do that with my clients. Like if somebody signs a contract for six or 12 months from the, at the very beginning, as part of the onboarding, I try to schedule a three month check-in because, so I don't do like 30 and 60 days um, necessarily, although, you know, sometimes we do, but it's kind of like, I want to have that scheduled from the beginning because it's just kind of the same things as you said, like, I mean, obviously we're in communication about what we're working on, like constantly, at least, you know, weekly and monthly, but I'm like, let's have a three month check-in just on our relationship, how, like kind of the big picture of how we're working together and what we're doing. And I want to have it scheduled from day one so that it doesn't end up being a thing where it's like, oh, two months in, I'm asking you to have this like face-to-face check-in. And then you're like, oh gosh, why, what did I do wrong? Like what's happening? Like where it feels like it's maybe like, a negative thing. I'm, I'm like, no, I just, I know I want to have this, whether we're working together fantastically and everything feels super smooth. I still want to have that. And as you said, it could, it could be like 15 minutes 
and yeah, we're just, everything's well. awesome. We love this. Let's keep going as it is. But at least you have that scheduled from the beginning so that if there is anything that feels like it's kind of like been coming up or, you know, something kind of like for the back end of how you're working together that maybe does need a shift. And it's not something that's going to come up in your regular, like, you know, weekly or biweekly check-in when you're going over the actual tactical, you know, day-to-day of like what you're getting done for each other. Mm-hmm. It's like having this set in stone, I think beforehand can be a really good thing Absolutely. Just to expect. Absolutely. And see the way that we do it. And the reason I'll explain actually really quickly, the reason why I do it so um, quickly is because in those first 30 days, whoever you've hired, they're very excited to get to work for you. They're very excited to have a new client, to have more work, more income. So that first meeting that you're going to have at 30 days is going to be full of excitement. Mm-hmm. The second meeting that you're going to have is going to be full of comfortable, right? They're going to be comfortable at that point with what you've said. So in those first 30 days, if you've had anything go wrong or anything go really right, you've expressed what those are. They're allowed to make those adjustments. And in that second month, that's where they get really comfortable. What I find is, is that by the time that we've done the second month, we're in a groove. Everything's going really good. Whether we've had some pitfalls or some wins, we've discussed them. We're not comfortable to do that. By the time you get to your 90-day review, you are either excelling or extremely lazy, and you will find out really quickly which one you have. Yeah. Yeah, because once they get comfortable with you as you know the employer, if we want to call it that, once they get comfortable with you, you're going to start to see if they're going to go right or left, and it'll be very obvious. And at that mm-hmm. point, that's when you say, okay, do I evaluate in our 90-day, tell them where we have some issues and continue working, or at that 90-day, do we you know, figure out what the issues are and figure that it may not work? So it's not necessarily a test for the person that you're working with, but it's definitely a way to steer them in the right direction and then set them up with you for success. Yeah. And I think it makes sense too, because it just even knowing that they're going to have that check-in with you at 30, 60, 90 days, it's almost like, you know, don't get too complacent after the 60 no, days no. because you know, we're going to have this conversation again next month. So you know, you know, what's coming. So you, you kind of want to make sure that you're still up to the same bar that you were up at after 30 days when you were still excited about everything. So yeah, I think, right. um, yeah, it seems like everybody should implement that. Even if, even if the VA you <laughs> hire doesn't necessarily have that system in place themselves as yeah. the, as the client, you should implement that. That yeah. sounds like a really good idea. It's the roller coaster effect. You'll see if they, they start and they go all the way down and you're like, all right, are they going to come back up or are they going to go right back to where they were at that bottom? You'll, you'll kind of be able to tell pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Anything else that I'm not thinking of asking, (laughs) like as the, as the OBM, is there anything else you could think that listeners probably should keep in mind or like just would want to know about this type of relationship or, well, I guess, you know what, you can still answer that, but I thought of one other thing I want to (laughs) ask. What are like, can you say like one, one or two of like the best ways to utilize an OBM or, or like the best projects that you've done recently for a client or something like that, just to give people like a tangible, a tangible image of what it, what it could be, like what one of those projects could be that, that you'd help with. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just give our current state, what we're going through, right? So I have a client, um, we were working together prior to all of this happening with COVID and, um, she's a health and fitness coach and she had a signature program. She was selling, it was a course, And, you know, everything was going really strong. I had a team of four, I believe at that point for her. So I was letting them know, you know, we have a launch coming up. This is how it's going to go. I organized the whole team for her. Everybody had their own tasks to do that all kind of came to fruition altogether. 
And then COVID happened and we launched the course, right? So it did really well right before COVID happened. But as soon as COVID happened, there was an issue and no one was buying the course anymore mm-hmm. because, you know, everyone was freaking out. The economy was taking a nosedive. So at one point we were like, all right, let's pivot, let's pivot. And then it got to the point where I said, guys, I think we pivoted so many times that we are now like right back where we started. (laughs) So (laughs) you know that feeling, I'm sure. Um, So I said, look, we need to evolve. We need to figure out what our next step is because this isn't changing tomorrow. So as a business, we need to evolve. So we came up with like a hybrid of the course that she had, um, which just made more sense for her target market. So we brought in a strategist to help us figure out our email campaigns and our automations on that side. We brought in a content writer to rewrite and rework what we were advertising and how it was going to happen. We ended up bringing on an additional VA to implement some of the um, automations, like putting them together and making sure that they were all in place. And at the end of doing that, we made over 30K this past like two months wow. in pivoting. And it went from her course not selling anything, $0 to 30K in about two and a half months, just by figuring out that we needed to evolve. Because at that point, as her manager, I said, we're not moving the needle anywhere. We're just mm-hmm. going in circles. Yeah. So um, I had to overhaul a little bit. It was, it was a rough month for me. I was very, very busy. <laughs> um, but after figuring out what the plan of action was, I you know, gave my proposal to my client. And then from there, I said, okay, if this proposal looks good to you, then I'm going to go ahead and give everyone their jobs. I'll make sure that everyone understands what they need to do. And I'll set the due dates and I'll let you know if I need anything from you. Wow. So you just like figured out what needed to happen basically. And you had the freedom, like she just leaves that in your hands to like figure out what should happen. So when you say there's a team of four people, are you, you're kind of, are you hiring like other outside contractors to help with these individual things like on her behalf kind of, and then you're managing all of that, all of them too. Correct. Wow. Mm -hmm. Cool. So that's kind of, that's definitely what like an online business manager is yeah. doing is definitely higher level than the VA stuff, which is, would have been more like. Absolutely. Active. And by me being able to do that for her, she was able to create the product because there's no way as a business owner, she could have created the product, organized the team, got it all put out. There's just, she's only one person. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, she was able to step back and actually create a product that was worth so much. And honestly, we've been able to help so many people with it. So you'll know when it's your time, when you get to the point where you can't grow your business anymore on your own where you only have 24 hours in the day and you wish you had 48 mm-hmm. to that point. It is time to outsource, start with a VA. If you need an OBM, start with an OBM because they can definitely help you find qualified VAs and get that done maybe a little faster for you. Um, it just depends on the path that you want to take. Yeah, totally. And I guess, I don't know. I feel like I, I, try, I don't want to make this too personal because maybe it's not applicable for most people, but now I'm curious, like, so say someone like, like my business where I have other team members who are obviously, I mean, everybody's remote right now, (laughs) but normally we're not all remote. We're kind of sitting together in an office doing like my team members are doing like client work. They're doing the actual, you know, work for our clients in in the PR agency, but Mm -hmm. I still feel like it would be like, I don't think I need a full-time like assistant. Like none of those people are actually managing the back end of the business and they're not doing things like, you know, any of our direct marketing or digital marketing, any of the content for the business or anything like this podcast that I do and anything like that. So I feel like having somebody, even if it is kind of virtual and that back end, like makes sense. I don't know. Do you ever, do you ever work in like that situation where maybe there is, there's a whole other like real team in place 
for the day-to-day of the business, but kind of you come in as someone else that's helping with more of the back end of. of Absolutely. Because I mean, when you think about it, people who work in an office together, you're emailing each other. You're just sitting next to each other. (laughs) So I'm going to be, you know, emailing, but I do have, so in that situation, it would either be a one-on-one with the owner where we have a weekly meeting to strategize about what needs to happen. Or since you're in an office and you're all together, we can do a group zoom and we can all, you know, kind of conference it that way um, so that everyone's ideas can be heard. And we can really kind of have a really good um, brain dump session to figure out where we are and where we need to go. So being virtual honestly makes me limitless. It makes yeah. me able to be able to do, you know, things like clients or sorry, things with clients like you. Yeah. And I mean, we're all, I mean, we're all on Zoom right now anyway. So yeah, having someone virtual. So actually them- zoom into the like regular team meeting with the whole company. And oh, yeah. That. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, sometimes I'll do trainings with the team if we're learning a new system or if something new is coming in and we're going to launch, then the owner and I will sit together and we'll do our own little launch meeting and the whole team just has to watch it. Like it's, there's so many ways you can do that. And hiring virtual allows you to do that because you, yeah. you really can't do that any other way. Super intriguing. Wow. Okay. So it well, was there anything else? Cause I know I kind of asked this and then cut you off with another of my own questions. <laughs> Is there anything else that you were going to say or that you think people should know or that I should have asked about working with or hiring a VI or an OBM? Um, just understand that it's a virtual relationship. So, you know, take the text with a grain of salt, step back from the keyboard. That's always my advice. Figure out what they're trying to say to you and then respond. That's, well, that's one what of the I love about what you said about being in like pretty constant communication or like having at least like a weekly meeting. I think that's really important. Oh yeah. It is a virtual situation. Yeah. Most of my clients communicate with me via Slack. It's kind of like a text messaging app for your computer, I guess it saves all the conversations. So we, we have about 20 channels for each client and everyone who's on the team is on it. And we have, you know, it's segmented by what the subject matter would be, yeah. but we communicate daily and we have to, I mean, I have, team members all over the world. So we're all on different time, (laughs) time zones. And, you know, I know when people are awake and sleeping, uh, sleeping, so we'll just communicate via Slack and it's pretty easy. Honestly, we've started using Slack too. I think one thing that will be like now that every, if I feel like now that everyone's used to remote work, even, even people who used to be in an office, you know, we never used Slack until this all happened. And now (laughs) we do. So we're all kind of, like getting really used to all of those things. And now I think it'll be even easier and like second nature to work with more people who are remote because it's easy to add that into your team and you're like kind of day to day once you already have it going, you know, it's not going to be like a brand new thing now for people to start talking with you through Slack and like all the, all the online channels that we're now getting really used to using just because everyone's remote. I'm, I'm just loving it because it's, my mom, it's so funny. When I started doing this, she was like, what kind of work can you do on the computer? And I was like, mom, <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> so it's so nice to have all of, well, not nice to have this happening, but it's nice to have everyone now in our world yeah. because we're like, welcome to the online world. You can hire anyone to do anything for you. Like it's, it's just, it's nice to see the eyes being opened. Yeah. I've actually got my, I've hired my first intern who is not in Massachusetts this summer because they're like, well, everyone's going to be pretty much virtual all the time. Anyways. I mean, there's a chance I have my fingers crossed that at least by the end of the summer, like I, I have, I hired two. So we have one that's local. Um, I'm hoping I'll be able to like see her by the end of the summer at least. But I was like, you know, everything's remote. We're doing everything remote anyways. Like, why do I need to 
there's no reason to limit my internship to be only people who are in Boston right now. So why not, you know, open that up? I mean, there are brilliant people everywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's just so much possibility with this, but yeah, that's awesome. So tell us, I always end these with asking two questions. One of which is what is one thing you wish you had known more about when you first began your business? Um, I think one thing I wish I would have known more about was how limitless this is. So when you start any job, you're like, okay, I want to do this. And then I want to promote and then I want to move up. And you're like, okay, and there's the ceiling. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have understood, like I had heard it when I started being a VA, there is no ceiling, there is no ceiling. But I was like, yeah, there is. I mean, it's gotta be a ceiling somewhere, but there's literally no limit to what you can do as a VA or as an OBM. And there's no limit to what you can create for your clients. Like it's all limitless, all of it. So I wish I would have understood that and really taken that to heart earlier because now that I do, it's all coming back. And I'm like, oh, wow, I could have been doing this for the past three and a half years, but it just, one day it just clicked and it just was like, okay, it's limitless and I can create and I can be whoever I want and however I want to be. So yeah, it's limitless. I love that that mindset, like those mindset shifts, all of a sudden you're like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, yes, I've had a few of those myself. I yeah. know what you mean. And I love that. I, I love what you just said. That's, and it's so true. And the other thing is, what is one thing that you tell other, or that, you, that you'd want to share with other entrepreneurs or business owners as they're going along their journey? Like one piece of advice that you'd want to share? One piece of advice I want to share is that when you start to feel overwhelmed and when you start to become buried in your job, outsource to someone else who can do it better outsource because it's only going to allow you to excel faster. So don't think that, you know, Rome was built in a day by one single person because it wasn't at all. Mm-hmm. It's going to take time to build, to get to that point where you can have a VA or an OBM come on. But when you get to that point, go, go do it, grow, get better because that person coming onto your team is not just going to make your business better. They are literally going to change the quality of your life. So go get them. Awesome. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I want you to share where people can connect with you if they can either, you know, just to, to follow you on social media and like follow you as a business, fellow business owner. And also maybe if anybody thinks they might need to hire you or talk to you for a consultation or a coaching call. Cause I mean, I feel like everybody's going to want to now. So share with us all of those. And I know you also mentioned that you have another kind of piece to your business, which is, am I making this up? Teaching other people kind of how to be yeah. okay, something like yeah. that, getting your own business started. So share with us all of those things in case anybody else who's listening to this may be thinking of starting a VA business or having, have one and want to improve, share that stuff too. So for wanting to connect with me, the first place that I always tell everyone to go is Instagram. That's kind of like my favorite place to be right now. Um, So I've got a little link in my bio that has links to my course. You have links to one-on-ones with me, to my services. Um, That's kind of like the hub of where everything is. But if you're looking at, you know, possibly pursuing a career online, um, I definitely would advise you to look at my Facebook group. Um, It's the Creative Hub for Aspiring Virtual Assistants. It's a free group. It's private, though, because I don't want everybody in there. Sorry. Um, You have to (laughs) apply to be in there. But when you're in there, it is a group of super soulful women who want to do only uh, good things with their lives and improving other businesses, kind of what I do. 
So um, I would love to help you. If you have any questions, get me on Instagram, catch me in our group. Um, and I also, I think I've listed my website. That's an easy place to find me as well. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have links to all of those things and people can find you and connect with you. Thank you so much for coming on. I think this was really, really great and helpful. And I hope that everybody's going to at least think about this if they don't already have a VA or some kind of, some kind of outsourced help, you know, hopefully people will will get those wheels turning and figure out how they can get more help and bring their business forward. Please do. Please do. We need more successful entrepreneurs out there. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast so you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes with your favorite takeaway from this episode. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and other links are always in the show notes and we're always happy to hear from you with thoughts, ideas, or even suggestions of someone you'd love to hear me talk to on the show. You can also submit guests online at polinapr.com slash podcast. Lastly, please drop a comment on the post for this episode on the podcast Instagram at female millennial entrepreneurs to let me know you listened. Tune in next time.